What's up, guys? You're listening to the Life in Motion audio experience, featuring interviews around travel, action sports, culture, and more. Welcome to episode 10 of the Life in Motion audio experience, where I chat with Danny Collins from 37 North Expeditions. His company hosts guided trips and events throughout the Ozarks while building a community centered around the love of the great outdoors. Check it out. Hey guys, I'm uh, really excited to have Danny Collins here from 37 North Expeditions, um, a local brand here in Springfield, Missouri. Um, he kind of hosts uh, guided adventures and lo- local events, um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But kind of to kick things off, um, Danny, if you wouldn't mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself, um, you know, what your story is, where you grew up, hobbies, those kinds of things. Great. Well, yeah, thanks for having me on and I'm um, really excited. Uh, this is popping up here in uh, my hometown. So, uh, like I said, my name is Danny Collins. I actually grew up in the area. Um, I grew up about an hour from here and then moved to Springfield um, in high school. Uh, Glendale graduate from here in Springfield, went on to school at Drury, where I got um, a master's in architecture and my MBA. Um, And then after my stance at Drury, um, I moved out to New York City, Um, did the whole corporate thing for about four years out there. Um, And that's kind of where my you know, love for the outdoors and my career in guiding actually started, believe it or not. So, so if you, you so you said you got your degree in architecture. Mm-hmm. So, and you moved out to New York for an architectural, or can't say that word right, but architecture job. I was an architecture, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so then where did, and so where did that transition, like you moving out there and then kind of getting involved into the outdoors, like? Yeah, I mean, I always was, you know, my family is the family that we went to national parks for our vacations, okay. right? So I always had a passion for the outdoors. I mean, you know, I grew up hiking the Ozarks. I grew up paddling, you know, canoeing, you know, we own way too many, way too many canoes <laughs> and kayaks, to be honest. So when I moved to New York, really, honestly, my desire to get out of the huge city, um, became the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I found a, a very similar company actually up there and started, got my certification to be a, to be a licensed guide, got my, all of my wilderness first responder um, and those other certifications and started just doing it on the side. Just It was just literally just a Saturday thing um, upon my full-time job. Literally, you know, just um, it was another job. It was a side job, but it was my way of getting out of the city for free and actually making money doing it. So, How far away did you... I guess that was going to be my other question. You know, you say, "Oh, I lived in New York City as a, as a, as a, as a guided tour or a guide." Um, you think of a city. Yeah. How, how far away did you have to travel to to for um, these yeah. guided tours? And yeah, no, that's the. I mean, that's the huge myth about spring, or about New York City. Sorry, it is really close, and because it's that island effect, um, you know, we'd pick people up at Union Square. You really, know, we'd literally pick you up at Union Square, um, Union Station. Sorry, and bring you upstate and you know there was great state parks within an hour and a half drive from the city now that is an hour and a half with extreme traffic so really probably only 30 minutes if you didn't have the traffic but um but then we do other things like uh you know long weekend trips to new hampshire um the adirondacks are a beautiful place pretty close um and then even doing larger things like uh you know international trips to mount kilimanjaro in africa um you know other destinations in Canada and the western part of the United States. So, um, yeah, uh, the majority of our trips were were day trips, and, you know, we'd go back 
you know, go upstate and back in a day. Um, but yeah, there's an unbelievable amount, plethora amount of really beautiful parks, um, you know, within a day's reach from New York. Nice. So, and then I guess all those trips probably varied as far as, you know, what activities you were doing. Yeah, the core basis of everything was hiking. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, in New York, like, not many people own cars. So a big part of, of, of that whole business concept there was the fact that we provided transportation. Um, but a lot of it was hiking. You know, we did some, some pairs of, of some, some in the winter sports. You did some ice climbing or cross-country skiing. Um, there were some waterfall rappelling, some a little bit more adventurous sports. But really the core of it was just to get out and get outside, get out of the city and, um, you know, just hit some hiking trails. Nice. And then, so that happened. And then I read online, too, that you eventually found some kind of opportunity in Ecuador being an expedition guide out there as well. So mm-hmm. how, how did that happen? Yeah. So, um, you know, New York City is an amazing place. <laughs> but I started to get a little burnt out with, uh, with everything. And I really wanted to make that transition to, um, you know, to the world of tourism, guiding, um, adventure sports, instead of the, the world of architecture, which I was in. Um, so I actually, my, my wife, my now wife, um, she's from Ecuador. And so the whole game plan was to get down there and go back and be near her family for a while. Um, and the opportunity just happened to arise to, um, get in with a, it was a National Geographic unique lodge of the world, actually. Um, an amazing place, just, you know, five star resort out in the, out in the, the rainforest out there. Um, and what they were looking for is kind of to expand their, um, their, diversify their trip types, right? And divis- okay. diversify what you could do there. Cause when you go there, it's four or five hours out in the middle of nowhere, you're there for three, four, five days at a time. So all the trips are included. So they had the hiking down, they had that stuff. What they were trying to do is diversify and attract more adventure um, types of tourists. And so that was one of my main um, tasks besides actually, um, you know, managing a set of 11 guides when I was there. And, you know, everybody's coming in on, a, you know, every single day you have people coming in and going out. And so that's, a you know, a huge endeavor itself is just to assign guides to the different groups coming in and but yeah, it was an amazing experience. It was just one of the most phenomenal places in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure there's probably a lot of people. Um, I, don't know. I mean, I've heard of Ecuador, but as far as like a travel destination, is it is it a pretty big draw there? I guess. I I mean, you know, don't completely hold me to this, but you heard it here first. I think five years from now, Ecuador will be like one of the number one tourist destinations for for Americans and Europeans. It is just. You know, you, everybody hears about Costa Rica now, especially for adventure mm-hmm. tourism. Ecuador is even more diversified. Um, everything that Costa Rica has, it has it on steroids. It has 20,000 foot peaks, you know, active volcanoes in the Andes to, um, you know, three hours from there, you could be at the beach, which is just amazing surfing. Yeah. Um, and three hours the other way, you're literally in like the true Amazon rainforest. So um, it's one of those all-inclusive you can come. And I didn't even mention the fact that it's an hour flight and, they own the Galapagos Islands. A lot of people don't even know that. Really? So I, I, they're doing a really good push for tourism, and um, different resorts are popping up everywhere. And I think it is a, it is a, going to be just a, just a mega, mega location for people to, 
for especially for adventure tourism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just stunning place. Do you, you, know, you mentioned? Do you surf too? Did you surf while you were out there? I try? don't. No, I don't surf. I scuba dive, and it's got okay. some really good scuba bet. diving. Uh, I didn't get many opportunities at all to to do it, but the Galapagos and some of the smaller islands between the coast uh, between the inland and the Galapagos have some really good um, scuba diving destinations. Awesome. Yeah. How long and how long were you out there for again? I was out there for uh, just about a year. About a year. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, unfortunately, my father um, got really sick. Um, got a really terrible diagnosis of cancer, and so that's actually what brought my wife and and myself back, um, kind of really quickly in a hurry. So yeah. that's kind of the reason to, that we are back here now. So. Um, to kind of go back to Ecuador real quick. What was the biggest um, cultural shock or challenge of, I mean, you know, your you wife was Besides your wife was not knowing there. Spanish? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the cultural shock is really one of the best. It was one, it was a huge cultural shock. It was a huge adjustment. But honestly, one of the things I love most about it now is, is it just has a completely different concept of family. Okay. Right. And, and it family rules everything. And, you know, we say it here that we don't have the best, um, you know, work life balance. Um, that's one thing that's really special in Ecuador. It also can be extremely intimidating a little 80 person family reunions every single <laughs> weekend. And I'm not really exaggerating actually. That's crazy. Um, but it's special and it, it's, it kind of puts things into perspective, especially, you know, things that's going on in my life with my father, um, and all those kind of situations. It just, you know, also hitting that age where, you know, I'm getting married and, you know, at some point in time I might have to have kids and that kind of thing. Yeah. But so it just things in, puts things into perspective and that was something that's really special that it, it's, it is just a different concept of family and unity and, um, um, and, and just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just special for that reason. Nice. And I've, I've, um, talked to somebody, somebody else before, I think she went out to Ecuador and she kind of said the same thing is, yeah. is that she's noticed kind of the way people just, the way of life out there is a little bit different than it is here. Yeah, yeah, in many ways. Um, do you have a, a favorite story from either your experience as a guide in New York City or Ecuador or both? Man. Um, it can be something off the wall or just a generalized. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I had really, honestly, my, the thing, the greatest thing that happened to me when I was in New York that, um, you know, that I would, advice to anybody that's considering starting their own company or going out on their own um i had this really crazy realization that you know i was leaving work at 10 o'clock each night on a monday through friday in my architectural job in new york and that wasn't the bothersome the bothersome was just everything kind of had a negative connotation it was like stressful but in a picking up the phone yelling type of way, right? And everything, you know, nobody was really working together, even though the common goal was something that everybody wanted to achieve. Um, and then I would, you know, I would literally, in New York, I'd have to pick people up at 7 a.m. and I wouldn't be home till 9, and that was one of my only two days off. But it never felt like work. And one of the greatest things was how happy everybody was. I mean, consider to be able to consider yourself working and being surrounded by people that are extremely happy was this just like, you know, click uh, yeah. in my brain. It's just like, wow, this is where you need to head. And so stories that, that make that so special, um, I could remember two different proposals um, that happened on my trip. And, you know, the guy would send me an email before and say, like, 
you know, I'm going to do this on the trip. And we would just like literally just have such a great explanation, you know, just come up with a scenario together on how to make it happen to be special. Yeah. I also remember one really amazing trip that we had two, um, they were two women from, you know, inner city Bronx and they just had grown their entire lives there. And it was a big deal. It was a big, uh, you know, a, a, a big price tag for them to come on one of our trips. They did, and they were just, I mean, just awestruck by nature. And we had, it was this particular one, we we had a campfire and cooked some s'mores over it. And just seeing their eyes just light up about, like, that you can start fire with your hands. I mean, it, I think I did it with a match. It wasn't yeah. crazy. But I just remember how special of a scenario that was for them. And that just made you, it just made you feel good to, you know, to play a part in that, to play a role in that. Yeah, and I guess that would be a pretty big culture shock for somebody that's kind of been in the city the whole time to do that. And yeah, then, yeah, just, you just know. didn't. They just did not know that that kind of thing existed. It was pretty phenomenal to see. Yeah, that's wild. So it sounds like my kind of my next question was how has the traveling and exploring kind of affected your life more or less? Um, and it sounds like it's almost a lot of it is you know you, you know you speak on in Ecuador like how how their lifestyle is a little bit different and. Um, and then even like those special moments, like building relationships with, um, I guess the people that go on the trips with you, um, and just kind of showing them a different perspective. It sounds like that's, yeah, traveling. I mean, I have always been the person that that traveling is just incredibly important to me. Um, I, you know, I think I visited, I think my count's now thirty four countries. Really, um, my wife might argue argue with that one. We're always <laughs> in a competition, but. Um, I've been to, you know, almost every continent. I've been to a lot of countries. And um, I think the greatest thing about that is just kind of just seeing new things and seeing them. I always like to try to see it from the locals' eyes as much as you can. Um, you know, sometimes I went and did, you know, Habitat for Humanity trips in local, in, in um, you know, international destinations or just try to travel off the beaten path. Um, and so... Yeah, travel is just one of those ways that I think it opens up your eyes to the diversity of the world and to learn about yourself when you're yeah. in those situations. But um, also just to, there's just not a greater world to, to, you know, to strengthen your, I don't know, your your personal attributes. You know? Yeah, yeah, and you kind of, um, you know, I've traveled a fair amount. My wife and I actually just, uh, we got back from like a 23 trip in Europe this summer, um, but yeah, you kind of learn a lot about yourself, and then even as a relationship standpoint, you know, because yeah. you know, I think we did seven countries in that time, so it was, it was boom, boom, yeah. boom, very quick, but it's it's like the only place that I feel comfortable being, like, vulnerable, like when I'm traveling somewhere yeah. foreign. Um, yeah, that's, so a really like, that's an interesting word to describe it. You, you are really vulnerable, and it kind of... Putting yourself in vulnerable positions also make you feel like, I don't know, just understand the world's a great place. Yeah. Surrounded with great people, and... Um, it's so different than in small town Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, so then now jumping into Thirty Seven North, um, how? I guess what is it? And then how? How did it come about? And how long have you guys been doing your thing? Yeah. So I mean, really, you said it well. We're, I would call us a full service um, guiding company. Um, you know, with a complete focus on. I don't want to say beginner, but just trips that everybody and anybody could do is really the idea behind it. Um, uh, the, the goal is simple, is to get more people out and exploring. And that really, um, that stemmed from the idea when I moved back. Um, you know, nature was my release from the stress and times that are 
stuff that was going on in my life, but also I just, when I was in, you know, I was here in Springfield in um, college and high school, I didn't really get out and truly, really find all these different amazing trails and didn't explore all the, all the places that we have in our backyard. But when I moved back, um, it just, it just kind of, it put me in shock to realize how beautiful this place is. I've seen so many things since I've been gone. And, um, but also to really just understand that not the average person doesn't see these things, yeah. right? And it's, it's, um, it's just underutilized. Um, and so the two goals were to get more people out and exploring and the idea of, you know, conservation through education, right? This idea that more people see it, more people are going to fall in love it, with it, and therefore they're going to do more things to protect it, right? And that's something that we need here in this area. Um, you know, we're pretty good about having enough allocated land, but we really, I mean, you'll see it from our, our map systems. It's they're lacking our trail marking systems. We have such great volunteer organizations, but there's not enough people in them. So the goal, one of the big, you know, side goals of this is to get more people to uh, start to contribute and have a passion for the outdoors and therefore, you know, give back either time or money to them. Um, so yeah, so we've been around, um, essentially our first trip was in April of 2018, so not okay. that long. Um, I like to say we started, you know, close to a year before that. The conception started, um, and then it started coming into like, well, you know, planning phases, which um, we spent all fall and all winter. All we did was go explore trips. Um, we have the best Google Maps. I swear, people should ask for this <laughs> Google Maps. It has every single save trip and brewery or farmer's market or just any sort of activity all in one map. Um, and, you know, then just had a really fun time in the fall. My wife and I had a really fun time in the fall and the, and the winter, really just starting to pair together things and coming up with a, a calendar of events. The spring really was what I like to say, a trial process, yeah. we just threw out anything and everything. And um, we're still kind of in that phase, but we're starting to learn from what people are liking and, um, you know, what's successful, what's economical, what's efficient. Um, and so this fall, really, I would say, is, you know, where we're starting to really become a company. We know what we're doing. Um, trips are extremely successful. Many sold out or close to sold out. Um and, you know, but we're still small and we're always going to be small. We want, we want trips will always be capped at 12 people. Okay. Um, now we might have multiple trips on a day, but they won't go to the same locations. We're never going to flood trail systems. Um, we're never going to, you, you know, we want that personal attention with the guide, but we also want that personal attention with nature. And if you have too many, um, you know, that becomes a distraction. Yeah. So how do you find like, or I guess get the different ideas too? I mean, cause you know, as time progresses i'm sure there's people that probably come back and, and will do multiple trips that they haven't already mm-hmm. but how do you make sure that you kind of always find something fresh or, or piece together different things so it's a different experience each time yeah i mean one of the greatest things about missouri some people might argue this is is we have really strong seasons right and yeah. so there's lots of different um things that we like to do with, uh, you know allocating those different seasons so i'll like, we'll have those core trips. Like, we have a hike and hop series, which is a hike and a brewery tour. Okay. We'll always have those. Those will be pretty regular, either once a month or once every other month at least. But when we'll throw in these kind of seasonal stuff, you know, stand-up paddleboarding, obviously, you, it's seasonal. You have apple picking, you know, as a, as a fall activity. We have waterfall, extreme um, concentration on waterfall trips and waterfall hikes in the spring, right? So, 
I think that helps a lot. But really, it's just seeing what people are getting into, too. I mean, we have so many amazing other local companies here in Springfield that we try to partner with, from breweries to, you know, we're going to have a hike and paint trip nice. coming up. I mean, that is extremely unique. We have yoga and meditation that are just extremely popular right now. And what a better way than pairing with some of these awesome, successful companies that have studios in Springfield, but then doing it outside, right? It's just yeah. a totally new experience. So, um yeah, that has not been a problem. Honestly, we probably should start repeating more because we have a lot of successful trips that I know people are yearning to see happen again that maybe it sold out or they couldn't go that weekend. So um, we probably should repeat more than we actually do, but we haven't had a problem at all yet to, to diversify our trips. That's good. So you have uh, 12 people on a trip. Um, how many, I guess, how many guides are there? Yeah. Is it just you? Is it a couple people? Does it depend? No, I mean, right now I'm definitely the lead guide you will probably see you'll probably see me in at least half if not 75 percent of our trips um you if we do have that 10 to 12 customer range we definitely will have two people go um whether it's my wife joining me or it's um you know a couple other people that we have jumping on board um but you you know if we have if if we have you know a six or seven or eight person that's easily with one guide so um, up to 12, so I can have at least one guide. Most of the time, you'll have two. Um, uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of the, the consistency. And we got other guides on board um, that are kind of started up this fall. So we got two or three others that are gonna they're getting their certifications, which is awesome to me to help them get those certifications. And they want to get involved from leading trips or helping out with, um, you know, we got one guy that's going to lead our photography series trips. Okay. We got one that's just going to focus on the meditation and yoga. Um, and then we got a couple others that are jumping on board that just want to do generally hiking or leading anything. And that helps not just from, well, it frees up my time a little bit to yeah. focus on the business, but it also, you know, you don't want to hear me say the same thing on every trip. So yeah. diversifying the the guide is just as great in a lot of instances as diversifying the, um, the location because some have knowledge in, you know, maybe arbors, some have knowledge in flora and fauna, some might have just really great social skills. And that's what a lot of our trips are, are just a really awesome release and social and meeting new awesome people. So, um, yeah, so coming on a trip, you're going to get a different guide and new experiences, both from them and from the location. And do you, do, uh, do people know who the guide's going to be, like, I guess when you posted on, like, already? So could it be, like, you know, if you have a favorite restaurant, you're always going to want the same server. Mm-hmm. So it creates a relationship there. It sounds like will probably start happening as Absolutely, kind of progresses. Yeah, yeah. We we're we have a really great section on our website. It says our team and everybody involved is. Um, you know, we're at we're literally no joke. We're talking to people now. We're adding them now. Um, but you always be able to see them. Great profile to see their and not just from the idea of seeing who that person is, but you see their picture and you know that person is the one that's there picking you up. And it's yeah. just kind of a it's it's important, right? Um, and not only that, but you will get a confirmation email, or not, you won't, you do get a confirmation email the week of the trip. Okay. Um, so you'll get a confirmation when you sign up, but then you get like a trip, trip specific email the week of the trip and that will always have who your guide is. So it'll say the name and, and, um, you know, that way you can easily look them up on the website. Um, and we have plans to even have a link to that on the website to show their picture okay. and you, you know exactly who's going to pick you up and who's going to be there. And you can learn a little bit about them by reading their bio before, yeah, and before that the trip starts. Probably helps a lot build some 
trust for people who don't know, you know. Yeah, there's no joke about it. And, I mean, I'm not hiding it. Getting into a van with people is <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a kind of a foreign concept. And so, you know, if I were to say my, that would definitely be one of my uh, entries, buried entry um, as a business to start. And I think that that's been awesome to see that people are gung-ho about carpooling. And it just makes sense for the environment and for efficiency. Like, our prices are so low because we're, we are carpooling like that. Yeah. So in a lot of instances, our trips are more affordable than you paying the gas on your own on your own to go do this. Right? So I mean, that's a concept right there. Is that um, we we get comments all the time about how affordable our trips are. That's awesome. So, I, well, I guess how yep. I know you mentioned you have so many different um, trips. Is there like a a set like structure like time or does it I guess it always varies depending on how far you're out you're going yeah it varies but our idea is that we people like to sleep so we very rarely start before 7 30 sometimes you'll see a 7 okay. um, but it's either usually a 7 30 or 8 start time and we know that you want to be home you know and be able to relax Saturday night or do something that evening and um, you know you could try to re- recoup yourself on a Sunday or vice versa for the trips on a Sunday so we are usually back somewhere around a 5 p.m. Now, there are longer trips, longer drives that we've got back as late as 7. Okay. Um, but most of the time, it's closer to like a 5, 5.30 yeah. arrival. And then, so you mentioned that you work like with a lot of like local businesses and stuff. So is that more or less so, you know, for example, you go hiking on a, on a hiking trip and then you go back to a local brewery and then just kind of, is that like the kind of the end of the day like thing or like you know you said you do yoga and or those yeah. kind of things so how do, you, how do you combine them I guess is what I'm trying to say where it kind of flows yeah so I would say honestly our our trips on the weekends that we you know we those are iconic trips um we typically don't work with a company on those the local company on those trips um we if we do a hike and hops where we go to a brewery tour we want you to explore one that you couldn't do in the city right okay so typically those are ones that are closer to our hiking destinations um the way that we partner with the local companies are, you know, we Five Pound Apparel is an awesome company started by a friend of mine here in town um, that we, uh, we we pick up and drop off there at their location okay. at Farmer's Park. And so the way that we partner with them is when we come back, everybody can, can go in there. They have a cooler beer for everybody that wants one and, you know, a big discount for their shop. Just trick, oh, nice. almost extending the party. Yeah. Or we have... Um, you know, uh, other partnerships that we, you know, we just started this, so we're trying to do like a, a local hike and hops or a meditate and hops. And so very recently, um, we did a, on a Thursday evening, six o'clock free meditation session in one of the parks here. And then four by four brewing, um, came over and participated with us. And anybody that was at the meditation session got a free, a free pint afterwards. So kind of creating that same trip type, but doing it like on yeah. weeknights for people local and just so many awesome companies that are, you know, in the summer boat toss that, you know, we just want to see grow with them, you know, and yeah. do things together. So, yeah. That's awesome. So how, so on the weekend trips then, and it can last all day, how, how long or how far have you guys gone or how far are you willing to go as far as the day trips or will you start getting into overnight trips and that kind of stuff at some point if you haven't already? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the furthest we've gone right now would be, uh, I mean, I'll specifically say Johnson Shut-ins and, and Elephant Rock State Park, which is close to a three-hour drive. Okay. That was when we left pretty early and we got back pretty late, but it was an amazing trip. Um, so that was kind of our, we try to stay within two and a half hour drive for our day trips. Um, right now, that's all we've done. Okay. Um, this fall, you will see our first announced overnight trip. Um, we're going to start introducing some overnight trips in two different ways. One, just straight backpacking, which like introduction to backpacking, which is literally you, you know, you have your tent with you and you, you camp along the trail or just a multi-sport weekend. So, and that's mainly catered to the idea that we want to get further than we could go in a day. So we might go further South in Arkansas and do it, do something on a Saturday, stay in a cabin or camp that night and then do another activity on Sunday and then return home. So that we would call like a multi-sport weekend trip. Um, so that's that you'll see pretty soon. Um, 2019, um, I think you'll probably see our first introduction of a uh, multi-sport, you know, multi-day trip where we might go to a Colorado, a Wyoming, a Tetons. Okay. Um, and these trips will still be extremely catered to, again, not a beginner, but the average individual that just doesn't want to go on a, the standard, the stereotypical vacation right now, but wants a little bit more assistance in seeing these great, amazing natural landscapes. Um, and then also probably start to introduce um, some international travel, which, again, we're not going to be doing ever summits. That's not what we're looking to do. We are looking to help people explore, get outside, um, and catering to anybody can do almost all our trips. It's almost like an introduction if yeah, you will, exactly. You know. Yeah, I mean, the goal, the idea behind like the, the the extended long trips and international trips would be the concept of well, I mean, yeah, you can go do those trips. You could go climb. You could go do a Machu Picchu trip um, by yourself or join a group there or do it with a, another significant other. But if you do it with us, you're going to probably meet everybody that's going to go on that trip together before. Yeah. Um, you're going to be able to do some training hikes with us as a group, get to know everybody. Just makes it a cooler, more unique experience when you get to know that community that's going to do it with you before, um, and that's a big part of what we're doing is creating this, you know, community. So yeah. So what has been your um, your favorite part so far? I guess from starting in in April. Um, I mean, I'm sure you know you've seen it kind of progress along. Yeah. Is there something that um, I know you said that people um, the people that go on there kind of gravitate towards different trips more, but is there something that have you seen personally from that that just makes you keep on wanting to get better and better? And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been amazing. We have had somebody for come. We've had multiple groups from Jefferson City come down for really? a trip. We have had multiple people from Kansas City. Actually, this past weekend, we had three awesome sisters that were, you know, you know, in their forties, fifties, sixties, that were coming together that lived in different areas and they came down to do this trip together and is that word of mouth or are you i mean are you promoting stuff out there or? i mean facebook social media really got that and really That's no awesome. joke two weekends ago we had an individual fly in from florida for our trip <laughs> wow it was just incredible i almost wanted to, to give him advice of like well you're flying go go colorado or yeah, go, yeah. go these amazing <laughs> places like i love where we're at but if you're flying but he was adamant that he had never seen the ozarks and he was not he, he was not disappointed i mean he was just he was he just loved every second of it and it just blew his expectations away of what southwest missouri and north Ozarkansas yeah. was about so that's how cool is that that you get to you know he'll spread the word down there so 
Um, so yeah, that I mean, I think that's been exceptional. We've had amazing people that just did not think they could do that. One of the greatest reviews, um, the most consistent, honestly, reviews you see on TripAdvisor or, or Facebook is that such a blast didn't know I could do that kind of stuff. Really? Right? And, and, and whether that's they didn't know what they're getting into, which it's not that crazy of hiking, but it's also just this ex- expectations of, well... I didn't know I could climb those. those really? Hills. I didn't know I could do that. And that is just the pure satisfaction you have after accomplishing a feat like that. And then going and get to socialize at, at a brewery or at a farmer's market or one of these after activities, you get to then reflect on it with everybody that did it with you. That's what I think making these different combination trips so successful and such a great, fun, lasting memory. Is that you don't just do that, but you're doing it with other people. And then you get the time to reflect and socialize with those people. And the amount of people that we see on Facebook talking with each other or inviting each other to groups or to different to future trips that didn't know each other, that's, that's really rewarding. That's what this is about. Yeah, so not, yeah, so it sounds like not only you're getting ready or able to make a, a difference on these people's lives who might not know that they could go on that long hike, but there's, it's cool to hear that they're still connecting with each other afterwards. Yeah, I mean, honestly. And so it's true, creating a creating community. community. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I guess a question I also do always usually like to ask is kind of what, um, it's kind of more of a broad question, but what could people use more of? I mean, you, you're in interactions with people a lot with this, but what is like a, you know, a daily routine thing that some that we could change and basically moving forward could create a better impact in, in the world essentially, as far as kindness happiness, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, both in my experience with 37 North and all the turmoil going on in my personal life, I I think just it is such a hard task to appreciate every day. And I don't mean that in like just, I don't mean that in a really, um, you know, emotional way of thanking, thanking the powers that you're actually alive every day. I'm just like, think of every single day as doing something cool, doing something fun, doing something, you know, to give back or whatever it is that you want to do. But just think of each day as, as, as a special time to actually do something. And whether it's a fun hike or it is, a, um, you know, just being nice to somebody in the grocery store, I think that, that too often we get caught up in weeks and months and years and don't think about each day. And that's something that I personally am trying to do. And I think that um, 37 North really will try to help you do that. Just appreciating the amount of fun you can have in one day, um, and just different ways to see different things and meet new people, and you know, just expand your horizons and expand your uh, uh, your daily routine a little bit. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of gratitude. I think we we could all use a lot um, of and understand that life is. Taken for granted a, a lot of times. Yeah, you just get caught up in the bigger picture things, and okay, you know, settle down and look look at a day to day, and um, you know, you don't need to think week weeks and months and years. You can think day. Yeah, and then for, um, I guess for anybody that might, you know, want to travel or say, hey, I'm going to graduate and move across the country or to another country or you know, start something on their own. What What is a, a piece of advice that you could offer that might help them maybe push them over the edge to actually go after it? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's advice, but, I mean, this is actually my second company. Um, my first company, I, 
I wouldn't say it was a failure. It was it just it doesn't really exist anymore for tons of different multiple reasons. But um, I think the greatest concept about that was I have you know from my idea of like quitting my job in New York City to my idea of moving to to Ecuador to um, all these different milestones events. It just I always was sitting waiting for the right moment for that to happen right okay. and I always thought it was going to smack me in the face and be like oh well you know after this milestone it'll be the right time well then no of course something else is is kind of hindering that and so I think the biggest thing the thing that I've learned and I'm so appreciative that I've learned this at a pretty early age even though I'm 30 now so I feel pretty old um, still young. <laughs> is this idea that there's not going to be the perfect time for anything and on a second note to that is both companies that start, you do not allow yourself to feel like it needs to be completely perfected and everything needs to be worked out and you need to know everything and have all the answers. Do it and let it happen. And the, the greatest thing about entrepreneurship um, and the entrepreneur mindset is you're not going to know everything. And once you realize that, you know that you're going to learn from your customers. You're going to you, you know you're going to learn from input from friends and family, and um, you know enjoy the ride. Like that's what about entrepreneurship is about is enjoying the ride. And um, so when I started this this company, I, I mean really we did our we did our homework and stuff, but really we just started throwing stuff out there. And yeah. Just, you know it was a trial. It was a test and error, or trial and error. And I mean that was one of the greatest things about it is that we didn't have everything worked out at all. And we still don't. And I will admit that to every person coming on a trip. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you didn't like. Tell me what you have your suggestions because you guys are the ones that's helped creating this demand. And you're the ones that's going to kind of like, you know, help us pivot for the future. Because if I were to tell you where I want to be in five and ten years, I kind of did with, uh, you know, forecasting of, you know, different diversifying trip types, trying to get into the world of tourism in Branson, Springfield, trying to get into the, the corporate world by doing like, corporate outings and stuff like that i i will tell you 100 percent. i will not be where i'm imagining us in five years and i'm totally okay with that so so just get in heads on and just you know start it you know make the purchase of the website because that'll force yeah. you to, you know you know it's just that kind of concept go in you know dive dive on into it so that's yeah. awesome. Well, I think that's a uh, some pretty solid advice and a good time to wrap it up. Um, so where can people find uh, 37 North online, social media? Where can they sign up to um, yeah. see what events you have coming up? Yeah, we have an um, um, absolutely phenomenal website that is, um, you know, has all our trip calendar on there. Right now it's all pretty much all the way through the end of fall already. Um, it has, um, you, can, you know, you can sign up online, pay online, everything, you know. So the website's amazing. Uh, 37northexpeditions.com. Uh, we also have a really awesome presence on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, Facebook is is where honestly 75% or more people find our events. So our events are on Facebook. They lead you to the website, um, and we try to have a pretty good presence. Um, just kind of you know sharing other cool things happening in the community on Facebook and that stuff. So yeah, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and then the website again, 37northexpeditions.com. That's awesome. Well, Danny, I appreciate you coming in, taking the time, and telling us a little bit more about um, what you're all about, your experiences, and then also where you're headed with 37 North. So yeah, excited. no, thank you so much for having us. This is this is awesome. Spreading the word, and you know, just that's kind of where we're at. So this is this is amazing. I love what you guys are doing here too. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Hey guys, I really appreciate you listening and would absolutely love if you left a rating on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, or wherever you're listening to this. 
Your feedback is our inspiration to continue these stories and grow.